Um, Let's pray this morning as we come to God's word. Oh Lord, we thank and praise you for this day. God, you are so good. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you, God, that you have given us life and breath and that we have each other. Lord, thank you that that we get to gather today and, and be together. Lord, we think about all the people who love you and call upon your name that are gathered right now around our world. And Lord, we just pray that we would we would seek you collectively, Lord. We would seek to know you and follow you. Lord, we pray that your church would show up and, and be the light um, that, you, that you have filled us with to our world and that we would show them what it means to be followers of you. And I just pray that as we come to your word and we think about how your word feeds us and encourages us and um, changes our hearts and our minds, Lord, that you would do that with us today. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So my name is Pastor Carrie. I am the interim pastor here at New City, and I feel just thankful that we've been able to be together. We're starting a brand new series today, and we are talking about um, the what it means to be part of the church. And today it's the big, the big C, the big church, and what it means to be part of the Evangelical Covenant Church, which is the denomination that we are part of as New City. Um, and and as we go into these values. We're gonna talk about what are the values and, and affirmations of the Evangelical Covenant Church, and then talk about what are the values of New City as we go into this series. Um, next week, I wanted to also um, just let you know that one of my friends, Rod, his name is Rod Tolan, he is gonna be our guest speaker next week. He is fantastic. He is from, um, he's from the South, and I can't think of what state he's from. He might be from Mississippi. Don't quote me on it. I have to, I have to check that one. But Rod loves Jesus. He, um, he's, he was an athlete. He worked for Treehouse. Um, I know him because he's married to one of my graduate um, colleagues. Um, and I have to tell you that at him and his wife's wedding, after he said his vows, everyone clapped for him. Have you ever been at a wedding where people clapped after someone said their vows? It was incredible. Like, this man loves Jesus so much, and he's so enthusiastic. He's just full of the Lord. But he got done with his vows, and it was like spontaneous clapping. And, and then no one clapped for his wife Lily's vows. But he's, he's awesome, and... Um, and I'm really excited that he gets to share with you next week. He will be speaking on the necessity and the dependence on the Holy Spirit, which is um, a big part, number two of the covenants, ethos and affirmations. So I'm really excited that you get to hear from Rod next week. Next week, I will be in Utah running a half marathon. My, my best friend and I, we every five years to celebrate our birthdays and that we're still alive and we can still run, we go and run a big run and we're running the Arches half marathon in Moab. So pray for me. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking about our, our Meg right now. She is running the marathon. Meg, she's halfway through, and how is she doing? Chris is here. Yes? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we can, we can actually, let's pray for Meg right now. And, and is Stephen running too? Is he running as well? Okay. All right. Well, we're just going to stop and pray for our runners right now. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the gift of life and health that that we have at various points of our life. And God, thank you so much for Meg and for Stephen and the people running. Lord, I just pray that you would encourage Meg right now, wherever she's at in in her mileage, Lord, that you would um, give her energy. Lord, if she is feeling discouraged or tired, Lord, would you fill her and give give her focus and just what she needs to finish well. Thank you, God, for Stephen, for, um, 
for him and his, and his passion and commitment to serve you. And Lord, would you also just speak to them and, and commune with them as they run today. And thank you for all the runners. And I just pray that you keep everybody safe and healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm a runner, so I'm selfishly praying for all the runners too. But yeah, today's a big day in Minneapolis for the Twin Cities Marathon. So anyway, this morning we are starting with the centrality of the Word of God. The Covenant Church, if any of you have never like, heard this before, I hope this will be helpful and this will be informative for you and also help us understand like, who we are as part of a larger denomination. And so um, we have our first slide this morning. Um, and this is important to know of like what is the most important thing things in the Evangelical Covenant Church, and I'll be sharing a little bit of history as well about the Evangelical Covenant Church, which I hope will be encouraging to you and help you feel um, confident and also like this is why I'm in this church body and and why you know there's so many Christian denominations. I I hear a lot of people say like what's the difference in all the domina- denominations? I think the the one common thing is. As Christians, we all call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as followers of Christ, we all agree that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and everyone who's, who comes to the Father comes through him, and that's the most important thing. You know, there's, a, there's an image that I'll show you um, in a week or two, and it's, um, it's, a, it's a huge tree, and it shows all the roots of where all the branches of, of um, where Christianity has come from and why there's so many denominations. A lot of denominations, they follow along lines of, of baptismal practices, um, communion if you were raised in the Catholic tradition. The, I think the, one of the biggest things is, is communion and um, how you understand communion and come to communion. Um, but I think right now as we, as we sit with that, if you can kind of sit today with where I've come from in my faith journey, where you know, we're all on a journey, we've all come from different places, and also where God has brought you to now, and I hope that this will be encouraging of, of who the covenant is and why New City is part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. Um, so there's six affirmations. It's what we say yes to. The Covenant Church is a, is a non-creedal, non-doctrinal church. Like we, we believe that there are parts of doctrine and things that we ad, um, adhold to, but these are the six most important things that make up why the covenant is the covenant. Um, First one that we're talking about today is the centrality of the Word of God. Next week, my friend Rod is going to be speaking on the necessity. Actually, he's going to be talking about the conscious dependence of the Holy Spirit. I gave him an option. I'll be talking the following week of the necessity of the new birth, um, the, a commitment to the whole mission of the church, what does it mean to be a fellowship of believers in the church, and then the reality of freedom of Christ. And so those are like the six big things that the Covenant Church has landed on to say this is why we are who we are and why we do what we do. If you want to dig more into the Covenant Church is an awesome website. Like I think our denomination really does everything well. And the Cov Church, it's covchurch.org. You can snoop around, you can look through the resource papers, um, you know, why we believe what we believe and, and how at the beginning though, it is the word of God that shapes us, which is why we call it the centrality of scripture. If you've ever played darts, um, I've been to like, you know, establishments where people are playing darts and I'm horrible at darts. Like, you know, if, if there's a dartboard like right there, it'll be everywhere but the dartboard. It's just, I don't know, it's 
bad, but I'm not good at it. I like the magnet ones. Those are like more forgiving because it won't ruin your wall and you might, you know, the magnet might get you in there. But if you think about like the centrality of the word God, it's like a, it's like a dartboard. And if we come to scripture as, as the center of it all, that is the number one thing in the covenant church. We say that God's word is the center and the focus and that is where we are aiming to right in the middle. And so that's where we start off today. So next one is the centrality of the word of God and what does, what does this mean? And, it, and in the covenant church, and I'm giving you kind of a high, high overview if you wanna pick my brain more when we have our membership classes, we'll talk more about it. But it means that scripture is always where we begin. Scripture is the center point of how we aim to live. And it's the highest value. You know, I think right now in our world, you can, I mean, you can Google and research anything. Like yesterday, we were, my son and I were driving, um, we were driving to Northfield and we were kind of taking the back roads and we were talking about the word acre and he's like, where did that word come from? I'm like, I have no idea. I've never, I mean, I grew up on a farm, but I've never thought about why, what's an acre? Who made an acre? You know, where is the word acre? So he goes, Google, tell me where the word acre comes from. I mean, we have, and then we found out it's an old English word and it's a measurement and then you measure like 60 by 60 and you get some number and there you go. There's like condensed version of where the acre came from. But we have, we have technology at our grasp. We can, we can look for anything. We can find out anything. But really the, the main thing is like if we're coming to a, the most important things about our faith, we always start with what God's word and we don't try to come up with things on our own if we are gonna follow God well and know what it means to be his children. And so that's why the word of God is so important. Um, you know, I wanted to just have you sit with a question that I don't think we often spend enough time thinking about is what do you believe about the Bible? You know, if Jay Leno were here, remember he had jaywalkers, if any of you ever watched, used to watch that, he'd interview people on the street and they'd, he'd have a question and you'd get like so many different responses. But I think it's important that we ask a question of ourselves of like, what do I believe about the Bible? You know, and I think a lot of people would say, ah, it's a book of suggestions, it's ideas, it's history. A lot of people would say it's all the do's and don'ts. Um, they, some people say it's really long and boring. Well, you know, if you spend your time reading Leviticus and Numbers, it can be kind of boring and you'll find out more about like hygiene and cleanliness than you wanted to and mildew and mold and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's more than that. I think it's important that we examine what are our attitudes of scripture. Do we think it's just suggestions? Or do we think that it actually has authority and it has the ability to form us and shape us and be more than just don't do this and, and do that, but like really, yes, saying yes to something and, and being a guidebook or like I said to the children, a love letter. Um, I found, I don't know if any of you, I feel like this was about 10 years ago when, um, when we had the fragments of scripture come to the science museum. But um, you know, we think about the history of scripture um, there's really like a lot of questions of who, what, when, why, where, how, all of this. Um, Claire, can you show that slide? This, when we look at, and here's these, here's a picture of an ancient scroll, but scripture is a historical document. Um, it's been written by many, many people. There's 66 books that make up the canon of scripture. Um, many authors, um, it's, it's written about God's people. It's really a history. And, and also his story, God's story of, of him with 
all of people, but also history of, of what people have done and, and haven't done, and, and also how, you know, we also, it's, it's, a very, it's a very raw and real document. You know, the thing I love about the Bible is it doesn't gloss it all up and make it look perfect. You'll read things that are just plain awful, and you're like, I can't believe that's in here, but it's, it's how God has been in the act of redemption from the very beginning when sin entered this world and how he is drawing himself to us. Um, there's so many contexts of scripture through, throughout history. And so it's more than just, um, it's a living document. It's not, it's not just a passive document. It's not just something that um, we can look at and be like, oh yeah, that was nice, that happened, but it's actually happening to us too as well. I want you to think about, next slide, Claire, the authority. How do the words on a page influence and form my life my values, and my decision-making. And I think that's where we have to really come to. Either I will believe that, this, that these words do have authority for me and with me and to me and, and for our world, or it's just, like I said, a book of, of suggestions and, and history, and, and that's where I leave it. But really, how does God somehow bring his words to, to be that, where it becomes an influencer, not just informing, but helping me discern what my values and my decision-making is? Next slide. I, had a, I have a video to show you, um, and I hope it works. This is one of my favorite, you know, I would say, Bible scholars. His name is Tim Mackey. He's oftentimes on the U version, and I, it's like a three-minute clip, but you know, he, he gives a really great analogy and example of, um, of just biblical authority, and I thought it was worth showing to you this morning. Um, it was Tim Mackey again, and it was, you know, where, where does the Bible come from? And I found that clip, and, and I love that guy. He is solid. But it's, it's, I think it's an important thing to think about, you know, can we come to God's word and accept it and believe it and let it have, let God have his way with us through his word? And I think a lot of people get hung up on, well, it was written by people. And so we have that in a lot of church circles. It'll be the inerrancy. It'll be, um, is, it, is it infallible? Is there any imperfection to it? And I think we have to come to it knowing God is in relationship with us and this word speaks to relationship from the beginning and the end. And in the evangelical covenant church, we have a high view of scripture. Um, we note that, first of all, it is the beginning and it shows us how the beginning happened and it also shows us, we have a little glimpse that we, we don't know yet that's gonna happen of the end and how God at the end of all things is gonna redeem and, and come back and we understand through the person of Jesus Christ how he came to be human and to be divine and to save us and to rescue us. And so we also have this incredible love story that is all throughout these pages. And yes, people did write it, but it was through God and through the Holy Spirit and through the history of everything that was happening. Last week we had a great example of that as we talked about Hezekiah and, and we have this beautiful example of what Hezekiah did to be secure and trust in Christ through an illness, through an invasion, through an economic um, disaster, all those things. And so God's word speaks then and it speaks to us now. In the covenant church, so we believe it is the beginning and the end. It's also how we grow closer to Christ and to each other through God's word. It's also boundaries for what we do and for what we don't do. 
Um, there's a covenant question that was, that was written, and I'm going to read to you a little, a little bit of what um, this comes from. But the covenant question that we've said for the last couple hundred years is, where is it written? And that became the most wonderful question that we, that's why the centrality of scripture is first, is because we, when we say and we do, we say, where is it written? Where do we find it in God's word? And then we sit together and we talk about it and we pray on it. Um, in the covenant church, um, we have the view of scripture as follows. The Holy Scripture, the Old and New Testament, is the word of God and the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine, and conduct, meaning everything we believe and we follow comes from this book. If it's not in this book, we don't do it. There was a man named Philip Jakob Spainer, and he presented his proposals for the renewal of, the, and it was actually the Lutheran Church. Lutheran, the Lutheran Church was where um, the Baptist General Conference came out of, the Evangelical Covenant Church, and the um, Evangelical Free Church. All three of those denominations that we are part of came from Lutheranism. And there was, there was a, um, a feeling of apathy and... Um, and deadness that people were sensing. And this was in 1675. In his first, and he was noting that the church needed to be renewed, and he said his first concern was that the centrality of the word of God in the life and congregation and individual believers was the most important. And so he said, he wrote, um, he wrote, he said, we know by nature we have no good in us. If there is to be any good in us, it must be brought about by God. To this end, the word of God is the powerful means since faith must be kindled through the gospel. And the more at home the word of God is among us, the more we shall bring about faith in its fruits. And the church has, had gone away from God's word and it became about doctrine, about um, there was the, the state and the church was mixed in. Like one thing that I learned that I was really interested in was that if you were, a, this is in Sweden for instance, if you were Swede, you were Lutheran. There was nothing that was interchangeable. You, were, you, weren't, you weren't one or the other. Um, the, the pastor would come and baptize you, but that also was like your, your membership into the state of Sweden as well. And so the church had just become this, this almost like a, a club that you were in because you were part of your country, for instance, like in Sweden. And so what he was noting was that there had not been a renewal or a recognition of how does God's word form us and how does God's word change us. Um, what was new was his recovery of the living nature of the word of God and what it means, the powerful means to the creation of new life through the Holy Spirit. And for many in Spainer's day, this is in the 1600s, the word of God was, had become simply information or law or rules, which is very similar to how a lot of people today think of God's word. And he knew it was different, it was powerful, it was so powerful it could affect the change of the hearer through the Holy Spirit. The dynamic, life-shaping power of the word of God has been at the heart of the covenant church since its founding. And it was really interesting too that early covenanters was they were figuring out like, God is stirring something else. They began meeting together. They, they began meeting in small groups called conventicles and they started, they were worshiping in church together but they were also going to homes and they started praying together. They started reading God's word out loud together. They started seeking him together and that is when God started doing an incredible work and birthed a whole new church which is where we find ourselves today. The Covenant Church believes that the effective power of the scripture is inseparable and it's associated also with the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never works independently of the word and the word is made effective through the Holy Spirit. So it's important also to think about when we read God's word and if we really give God permission to work in our lives, he will change us. He will start 
giving us new thoughts to think about. He'll start helping us feel differently about something. Just like, you know, I shared with the kids last week, I, I was so worried and so worked up about this cold that I was having that I completely forgot to pray. And, and the irony was last week I preached to you guys about sickness and about anxiety. And I was just attacked and assaulted Sunday night and Monday with, with fear, terrible fear. And all of a sudden I'm like, I haven't prayed. I haven't gone to God's word. And then my husband said to me, he goes, this is where you, you get it from your family. He goes, I seem to have heard a pastor give a church or a sermon in church today about sickness and anxiety. Do you remember that sermon? Weren't you the pastor? And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, what is going on? And I, and I went to God's word. And, and literally, this is, this is the word that came up. And then it was totally not coincidental that the next day on the YouVersion app, this was the scripture that showed up on the YouVersion app too. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so in the Covenant Church, when we say, where is it written, we say, where does where is God's word got this? How do we live by it, and, and how does this matter to us? Um, some scriptures I just wanted to share with you this morning as we come to that, that, um, that conviction of where is written. First of all, if you've got your Bibles or your Bible apps, go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I just want to encourage you from a few places of scripture. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, This is the Shema, starting in verse four. This is what Moses was saying to God's people to remind them of of his word. He says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is, this is God encouraging his people through Moses to say, don't just like leave this here when you come to church essentially on Sunday. Talk about it with your kiddos. You know, parents, especially like with our kids, they, the, their favorite thing to say is why or how come. And that can be a terrifying thing to us as parents if, if you're in that journey of like, what if I don't know? But you know, a humbling thing to say, you know, let's, let's ask somebody else or let's pray about that or hey Google, you know, you can, you can do a lot but just to say, I don't know but, but keep talking about it. That is where the word comes alive with your children. In Matthew chapter four, we have the powerful example of how Jesus confronted the devil when the devil was tempting him and, and this is why we also have such a beautiful example from scripture to know that Jesus knew everything what it was like to be us and then he still used God's word to, to fight the devil and to fight off temptation. In Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11, it says Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and nights and he was hungry. And then the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written. He went right to God's word. He said, I know what God's word says about that. Man shall not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil tries again. He takes him to the holy city and has him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he tries to put more doubt into him. Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, is it not also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test? Jesus went right back to what God had already said. Third time, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, away from me, away from me, Satan, for it is written. He went back to God's word again. 
Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Think about this. Jesus reminds us, it is written, go back to God's word just like Jesus did. In the book of Hebrews, chapter four, verse 12, it says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's not dead. It's alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, as, as covenanters, we come to that saying, saying, it is, where is it written? Because it is written, it is alive, and it is capable of changing us, transforming us, and helping us. And then my last encouragement from the word of God is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 to 17. I know you're doing some Bible Olympics today. This is what um, the Apostle Paul encourages us with. Um, 14. But as for you, continue on what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is why the Covenant Church has such a high view of scripture because we believe that this is alive, that this is power, that this agrees with God, just like how Jesus said, it is written, he went back to God's word, and it will teach us, it will rebuke us, it'll say, hey, you're off. It'll correct, it'll train, it will equip so that we will be totally ready for every good work God has us to do. And that's just one of many reasons why we are, um, why we are starting with the centrality of the word of God. So my next question, I guess, that I want to give to you then is, what will you allow to shape you? What will you allow to shape you? And I think this is encouraging to us, especially as parents, as we think so many things have the capacity to shape and to mold our children. Right now, like, we have the digital age where screens, videos, I mean, my child likes to watch YouTube people that are screaming about, you know, Among Us game or Fortnite or whatever, and I keep thinking, are we, are we, am I, having God's word shape my child more than what a YouTuber thinks or somebody else for that matter? This comes from the Covenant Church. It says it is essential then to the life of the church that it be a company of people who desire their lives to be shaped by the powerful and living word of God. The alternative clear, not to be shaped by the word is to be shaped by the world. That is why I will just say to you, stay in God's word. You know, if, if this has been like a, a snoozer for you or, or somehow that God has not, you know, gotten your heart yet or your mind in this, ask him. Just say, Lord, I sometimes don't understand what I'm, I'm thinking about or, or my mind gets distracted, but God is able to do anything, and, and especially when it comes to his word. So ask him to show you so that you can be shaped by him and not by our world. Next slide, Claire. Only the church that hears and responds to the word will be able to be a prophetic voice in this wilderness and bring healing to a confused and troubled world. This was written in 2005. And I, I came upon this quote and I was like, God, we need this more than ever right now. Our world is troubled and confused and we need to be a body of people that respond differently than the world does. And so when we come to God's word and think about how God's word has things about justice, God's word has things about relationships, God has things about healing, he has things about everything in it, but if we form who we are and move out from that, 
God will work in powerful and incredible ways that will bring glory to him and help people also experience the beautiful peace it is to know, to know what it is to be his children and, and, and be formed and shaped by him and not by the fickle things in this world. So I've got a couple of, of what to do thens for you as, as we think on this. First of all, kind of I alluded to this, examine this week, what has your attitude been towards scripture in the past? Like I said, has it been something you're like, I'm so confused, I don't even know what I'm reading half the time, and trust me, I've been there. Or is it that I feel like it, it's not for me, and that's where, and maybe that's a thing to check in with. What has my attitude towards scripture been? Or is it very casual, like I just read it on Sundays when I'm here and, and someone's helping me? And as you think about some of the things that we've just talked about today, what do I think about now as I consider God's word? Do I view it as the means of, of the ability to change me and shape me and, and help me and encourage me and correct me and train me? And then this is the third one too, and, and I'm right there with you. Where do I place my time, my headspace, and my priorities when it comes to taking in and applying God's word to my thoughts, beliefs, and actions? Um, this past week, my son, we were walking home from school, and he, he goes, Mom, I'm gonna tell you something, and I know you're probably gonna tell me something else, but I just have to tell you. And he was telling me how frustrated he was with one of his friends that, that doesn't tell the truth, and he goes, so me and my one friend, we decided we were gonna trap him. And I'm like, what do you mean you're gonna trap him? And he's 10, and he's like, we are gonna catch him in a lie, and we are gonna call him out on it. And I'm like, hmm, what do you think God wants you to do? oh, I knew you'd say that, and he was like all over me. So I said, you remember what Jesus said about praying for our enemies, loving people, not getting back at people? I think that says something in like the book of Matthew. And he's like, why do you always have to ruin everything? But then we came back to it later, and I'm like, let's, let's see what Jesus says. He says, turn your cheek. He says, if someone takes something from you, don't demand it back. Jesus says some really hard things of us. And so, so then later he was like, yeah, you were right. It probably wouldn't be good to try to trap him and, and get, catch him in his lie and, and, and you know, do that to him. And so that's for us too of like checking and saying, God, how do I apply your word and let your word change how I think, what I do, what I believe, so it lines up with you and agrees with you. And that is, that is who we are. The most simple, basic beginning of why we are in the Covenant Church is that. So this week, this is what I'm gonna invite all of us to do together, and we can put this out on, on, YouTube, on, on our uh, newsletter too, but practice the presence of God this week by spending time with him in his word. Just like, like the love letter that I gave to the uh, kids. You know, I thought about this. In, in my day of dating, um, we wrote notes. I found when I was cleaning out my closet, um, before my husband and I got married actually, I had garbage bags full of notes from boys that I kept. I burned them too, by the way. This is my spouse up here. I burned them a long time ago. But I, I kept these love letters from, from boys that had, I'd been dating and, and we would pass notes and all that. But I keep thinking about how when we spend time with God, his love just fills us up. It reminds us, it, it orients us back to the ultimate lover of our souls and that's him. And so will you this week if you want to take a picture of the screen, you can, or if you just want to like, you know, just think about like this, some of these suggestions. First of all, ask the Holy Spirit to speak personally to you. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You can pray. Say, Holy Spirit, will you speak to me? Will you make this personal? But the big thing we have to do is we have to make time. We have to be willing to just give God our time. He's worthy of it to say, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to think about what you want me to think about this week. 
pray about what you're reading. If it ma- doesn't make any sense, pray about it. But also, like, text somebody, you know? Ask somebody. Ask me. Ask Jamie. Ask a friend. Make it personal and also contextual, kind of like with Hezekiah last week. How do we read what was in history like? You know, Hezekiah was threatened. He was scared. He had everything against him. But then how does that apply to me now? You know, just look at what, what did it mean then, but what does it mean to me now, today? Ask what was being said then and how do I connect with this now? Take some notes. Journal about what you're reading. Ponder it. Chew on it. I grew up on a farm, and I just remember seeing our cows out in the pasture chewing, chewing, chewing. You know, cows have a cud. God wants us to chew on his word just as much as like the longest piece of gum you could chew on in your whole life. Keep chewing on it. Keep thinking about it. And then the the biggest encouragement I can give to you is give God your questions and doubts. He can handle them. God is so amazing and awesome. He can handle even the ones that you might not say out loud. Give it to him, and he can handle it, and he will help you. So this week, I pray that we will think about what does it mean to come to the center and to spend time with the Lord and and let him form us and shape us and not this world. Let's pray. Oh God, I thank and praise you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that first of all, we can read. It just hit me, Lord, that you've given us the capacity and ability to read words and letters and that they have have the ability to, through your spirit, to make meaning and, and sense and become powerful and Um, life-changing for us. God, thank you that we have eyes to read and and a mind to think and a heart to receive. So Lord, would our minds be open to you this week? Would our hearts be willing to be changed? I just thank and praise you for everybody here and I pray you encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen.